Hello and welcome to the Chess Journal Podcast, where each month we host a discussion with the authors of important articles from the current issue of the journal, adding context and commentary to the challenges facing clinicians in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce today's topic, here's your host, Dr. Dominique Pepper. On behalf of CHEST, I'd like to welcome you to this month's CHEST podcast. My name is Dominique Pepper, and I'm the moderator of the CHEST podcast section. Thank you all for joining us today for what will be a really interesting discussion on adult pleural disease. Today, we are very fortunate to have Dr. Mamadi as our guest, and we'll be discussing his article about the epidemiology of adult pleural disease in the United States. Um, Sri, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, good morning, uh, Dominic. Thank you for uh, uh, your invitation uh, and to the journal uh, for their uh, uh, invitation. Uh, my name is uh, Shri Mamadi. Uh, I'm a practicing uh, pulmonologist uh, from the uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, with a clinical focus on uh, pleural disease. Um, I also serve as uh, one of our uh, enterprise uh, medical directors for clinical informatics. And... Um, my clinical and research interests uh, uh, lie in plural medicine, um, specifically the efficient and uh, patient-centered care uh, delivery models for plural disease. Uh, sometimes they have been termed as uh, plural pathways. And uh, I particularly use uh, my uh, sort of informatics background uh, and strategies to answer uh, plural disease questions, whether it is uh, systematic information retrieval or using administrative uh, uh, or uh, electronic medical record uh, big data to answer these questions. Um, and obviously, the study uh, did use the administrative uh, big data. And it's a pleasure to, uh, to have you on the podcast, Sri, and we appreciate your expertise in, uh, in um, your uh, use of big data. So let's jump into why is it so important for us to uh, assess the epidemiology of adult plural disease? Um, so, Dominic, uh, obviously the, the, the primary motivation for this is uh, uh, epidemiological and, and uh, healthcare uh, utilization data um, for plural disease uh, in the states uh, uh, really uh, have not been rigorously described. Uh, um, and some of the data that are out there are uh, clearly outdated. Uh, uh, having said this, some excellent work has come in the past few years from various authors in the country uh, are trying to answer, uh, you know, specific uh, uh, disease questions. Um, but uh, some of these uh, um, uh, have been uh, sort of a piece of the puzzle rather than an overall uh, picture. Uh, and as I said, some of the data are indeed outdated. Uh, for example, the Rochester Epidemiology Project, uh, which works with the Armstead County uh, uh, and usually sort of uh, um, you know works closely with the Mayo Clinic, gave us the gender distribution data in uh, primary spontaneous pneumothorax, the classic uh, sixes to one male to female ratio, and it was uh, done in 1978. Um, so we clearly do not know the uh, overall impact of plural disease in the 21st uh, century uh, era in the in the states um, and. Uh, you know, a quota that is usually attributed to uh, the physicist, Lord Kelvin. Uh, you know, if you cannot measure it, you cannot improve it. And, um, you know, by defining the current burden and patterns of utilization in plural disease, I think we have a uh, 
chance to potentially improve the quality of the care uh, that is delivered. So that's been really the motivation uh, um, to define the current burden uh, of adult pleural disease. And very importantly, in parallel, is the growing prevalence of uh, underlying uh, medical conditions that are associated with pleural disease. Uh, you know, good examples are heart failure, cancer, cirrhosis, chronic lung disease. Um, you know, folks are living longer uh, with these conditions due to advancements in medical care, and the prevalence has been increasing, obviously. And uh, uh, secondary plural manifestations uh, are likely are also increasing in prevalence. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, undertake this uh, study because, as you correctly said, you know, we need to have 21st century data in order to address uh, 21st century problems and make sure that we appropriately allocating resources. So let's jump into um, your study objectives and a brief overview of your study methods, and then we'll get into your key findings. Uh, so what were your objectives and what were your methods? Uh, so, uh, uh, basically, what we did was, uh, uh, you know, the, we wanted to describe the 30,000-foot, uh, uh, um, you know, viewpoint of uh, adult pleural disease in the state. So, to do that, uh, we wanted to describe the demographic characteristics, um, you know, the so-called uh, Table 1 um, uh, in any scientific manuscript or the epidemiology. And also, we wanted to take a look at the healthcare uh, utilization metrics for eight relevant uh, plural diseases in the U.S. adults. Um, and uh, there were the malignant plural mesothelioma, the malignant plural effusion, the non-malignant plural effusions, and then the empyema, uh, and uh, the primary, secondary, and iatrogenic pneumothoraces and plural tuberculosis. Um, and then we said, uh, let's take a look uh, at all the uh, uh, non-overlapping uh, clinical care areas, uh, you know, uh, areas where patients seek health care, whether it's uh, the emergency room department treat and discharge, uh, inpatient admissions, and 30-day readmissions, uh, as well as elective uh, outpatient ambulatory procedural areas. And we felt these were very distinct and non-overlapping clinical care areas, and we wanted to sort of uh, paint a picture of what's going on across these four domains. And we selected okay. uh, 20... Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we selected 2016 uh, as the baseline, and we wanted to study a decade's worth of data. Uh, uh, and we, we, selected, we restricted ourselves to only a decade uh, uh, because we said... We believe that uh, you know this time period correspond, corresponds to the rapid advances uh, advances that were taking place in uh, in evidence based plural medicine across the world, uh, whether it's the uh, rapid uh, diffusion of indwelling plural catheters for malignant effusion, introduction of TPA and DNAs for bacterial empyema, and uh, uh, increasing reports about usage of narrowboat chest tube for uh, primary and iatrogenic pneumothoraces. And uh, we ended up choosing four representative databases from the family of uh, uh, healthcare utilization project uh, published by the uh, Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. Uh, interestingly, we could not elicit any meaningful data from the outpatient ambulatory procedural domain, and therefore, ultimately, we restricted our study to emergency department treat and discharge uh, inpatient admissions and 30-day uh, readmissions, uh, three databases that we ended up. Uh, just uh, uh, to give a glimpse of to our listeners, which probably might not know already, 
the size of these databases is massive and uh, supplies us with immense uh, statistical power uh, with the so-called uh, big data. Um, and just a flavor, uh, the NIS uh, has 7 million discharges uh, every year, uh, accounting for 35 uh, million hospitalizations in the country, and that's the nationwide inpatient sample. And um, in terms of outcomes, we used uh, demographic characteristics and we used uh, costs uh, and length of stay and uh, 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 case fatality rate, and we adjusted all of them for our uh, age, uh, sex, and comorbidity index. Okay, so a really great big database to answer these questions. Uh, maybe you could go ahead and tell us what your key findings were. Um, so as uh, pulmonologists or clinicians uh, working in the 21st century, what the burden of plural disease should we expect to see in our emergency rooms and uh, inpatient settings? Yeah, Dominic, that's a great question. Uh, in fact, uh, I think I would like to say that, first of all, plural disease is common and it's very costly. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, we focused exclusively on costs. We choose to ignore the charges because of the uh, you know inherent problem in uh, analyzing uh, or uh, uh, um, you know using charges as uh, as a means of uh, uh, the burden. Um, and in fact, the costs uh, far exceed uh, less common but more uh, studied uh, pulmonary conditions such as uh, uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis or sarcoidosis. Um, in 2016, plural disease accounted for almost $11.2 billion in costs. Um, and just to give a flavor to your question, um, you can expect around 157 hospitalizations per 100,000 of U.S. population um, just for uh, admissions and almost around 18 emergency room treat and discharge visits um, for 100,000 of U.S. population. More importantly, 25% of these hospitalizations ultimately get readmitted within 30 days. Um, and very interestingly, if you look at this from, again, a 30,000-foot perspective, 67% or almost 70% of this cost burden can be explained by non-malignant plural effusions, uh, almost the Pareto's law uh, at work here. Um, and and uh, some of the readmission burden is staggering. Um, on an average, it's 25%, but in malignant pleural effusion, 45% of uh, the uh, original uh, admission cohort gets readmitted within 30 days. And for malignant mesothelioma, it's almost 50% within 30 days. And these are just overall findings, and uh, you know there are some very, very specific uh, uh, disease-specific findings that uh, uh, you know we can go in detail. But uh, um, I'll let you, um, you know, sort of uh, um, uh, uh, steer the conversation on that because I don't want to end up rambling. Yeah. So why do you think it's, uh, I mean, by implication, it would appear that plural disease creates a great burden of disease in the United States. However, um, we don't hear a lot about it. Uh, as you said, we hear a lot more about uh, asthma or idiopathic uh, pulmonary fibrosis. So why is it uh, a neglected disease? Is it because we just don't have uh, recent data? Or, um, or are there cost incentives? Or are people just unaware that plural diseases are causing so many problems for patients? I think that's a very uh, good observation, Dominic, and I think this is uh, probably a couple of reasons. One is, uh, in, in, you know, benchmarking uh, uh, baseline data uh, or probably, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the efforts are sporadic and uh, and not an overall, not painting an overall picture. 
But more importantly, I think plural disease needs uh, coordinated multidisciplinary care. Uh, it's not an exclusively pulmonary disease. Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, interventional radiology uh, is involved. Uh, thoracic surgery is involved in the care of these patients. Uh, outpatient and inpatient pulmonologists are involved. Critical care is involved. Uh, um, so I, I think part of the issue is uh, 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 the uh, uh, inherent uh, um, inherent uh, uh, non-efficient pathways that exist for care of these patients. And it's very institution-specific. Um, in one institution, you can find the pulmonologist taking the lead in managing chest tubes, inserting the chest tubes, whereas in some institutions, you could see interventional radiology and thoracic surgery taking the lead. In other words, I don't think there is a clear-cut ownership of these patients, um, uh, a coordinating uh, service, if you might uh, uh, term that path, uh, if, you, if, if you want to term that word, and something like pure pathway has been used in literature. Plural disease units have been used in literature uh, to uh, to uh, describe those things. So I think it's at least a couple of factors, uh, 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 lack of baseline data and lack of coordinated approaches to care. Um, so it sounds like we need a much more collaborative, uh, um, multidisciplinary approach to ensure that these patients don't fall between the cracks. Um, in the data sets that you looked at, um, you may have observed a temporal trend. So here in you know 2021, uh, what diseases have you seen have increased, and which diseases have you seen decrease from a plural perspective? Yeah, I mean the disease-specific findings uh, are very interesting. Um, so let's uh, first uh, just focus on the uh, diseases uh, where uh, the annual hospitalization incidence is steadily decreasing. And, uh, you know, this is good news, obviously. Uh, malignant mesothelioma, the hospitalization rate, uh, and therefore probably the underlying incidence has steadily fallen uh, during the last uh, decade. And one wonders if the United States has actually passed uh, the peak of the asbestos epidemic. Uh, so clearly a very salutary finding uh, from a patient, pers from, a, from an epidemiological perspective. Um, and uh, iatrogenic pneumothorax has also seen a steady decrease over the last 10 years, almost a 22% relative drop uh, in the uh, iatrogenic pneumothorax-related hospitalization rates over the last decade, but still costed $1 billion to the United States in 2016. So, uh, you know, sort of a mixed bag of uh, news uh, in terms of the iatrogenic pneumothorax. For the pleural tuberculosis, uh, it's been a, the, one of the least common pleural disease in the U.S. with only around 215 hospitalizations in the U.S. in 2016 and almost a steady 55% drop in hospitalizations from 2007, again, uh, mirroring the epidemiology of tuberculosis. And I think this is very interesting because if you look at the rest of the world, uh, pleural tuberculosis is a very common manifestation, especially in uh, India, Brazil, South Africa. And I think... Um, and this is something that our study, obviously, due to the uh, population that we have uh, uh, used for analysis, probably unable to comment on uh, on, on uh, the epidemiology of the pleural tuberculosis. But clearly in the U.S., malignant mesothelioma, hydrogenic pneumothorax, and pleural tuberculosis are clearly uh, uh, reducing in, uh, in incidence. Uh, having said this, non-malignant pleural effusion uh, has been seeing a study and an upward uh, increase over the last uh, 10 years, and probably uh, explained by the increasing prevalence of associated underlying conditions, 
such as cirrhosis, congestive heart failure, and cancer. Um, uh, obviously, non-malignant pleural effusion is closely tied with those primary diseases. But a clear increase, almost a, um, I think if I remember correctly, almost a 20 to 30 percent uh, study increase uh, over the last uh, 10 years. And, uh, and no surprise that it is, uh, it accounts for uh, 70 percent of the burden in in the U.S. Um, in addition to that, Empyema has also been seeing a steady increase over the last decade. Um, and very interestingly, it is associated with exceedingly high cost per case, 40,000 US dollars per case, and a length of stay that is the highest for plural disease at 14 days uh, on an average. Um, so non-malignant plural effusion and Empyema, clearly the incidence um, is increasing. Uh, malignant pleural effusion is a mixed bag. Um, I think we are seeing that this disease is becoming more and more uh, outpatient, uh, predominant pleural disease. We see that the hospitalization rates are falling consistently over the last decade, uh, but the emergency department uh, treat and discharge visits are steadily climbing up. And I think this is, uh, while no causation can be obviously attributed, I, I think this is very benef uh, very salutary because uh, I think we, we at least we conclude uh, that uh, uh, folks are appreciating the importance of managing malignant pleural effusion on an outpatient basis and trying to avoid admissions. Um, so I think that that could be one potential explanation. But still, the readmission burden is so high at malignant pleural effusion. It's at 45% and it's consistently increasing over the last decade. Um, in terms of the primary and the secondary spontaneous pneumothorax, um, not much uh, in terms of trends. It's a study trend. Um, no significant trends were seen. But what, what really caught our eye was the epidemiological distribution of uh, primary spontaneous pneumothorax uh, in genders. What we saw was a consistent uh, 2 is to 1 ratio um, for uh, males uh, and females um, for primary spontaneous pneumothorax, which is much less than the 6 is to 1 ratio that was described in 1978 uh, from the Rochester Epidemiology Project. Our data is in more tune with the English and the French data that was recently described. And uh, we really don't know whether uh, the, uh, the difference is just due to differing study designs or uh, is it due to some changing epidemiological patterns? Uh, I, I, we, we wonder if the disease is getting more common in females now. Again, these are some of the interesting, uh, uh, intriguing uh, hypotheses that have uh, generated, uh, that, that we are seeing coming out from this analysis. In secondary spontaneous pneumothorax, no specific trends were noted, Dominic, and uh, you know, it just continues to be a um, uh, male-predominant disease, uh, uh, despite, uh, despite uh, the prevalence of smoking having increased in the 70s and 80s in, in females. Um, and and, and uh, unsurprisingly, it had the shortest time to readmission within 10 days. Um, most of the SSP readmissions happened within 10 days. Um, so I think um, uh, I, I think those those could sort of uh, encapsulate sort of the uh, overall uh, uh, summary trends. Yeah, that's really fascinating work, Sri. And I want to comment on a couple of them and, and get your response mm -hmm. to them. So, um, with the um, uh, malignant mesothelioma, I mean, we obviously got a whole new group of younger physicians coming in who may not be um, as aware uh, of uh, malignant mesothelioma. So I was curious to see uh, how that factored in. It, 
given that you're diagnosing these illnesses um, uh, using a big data and uh, diagnoses in the data in the data set, do you think you could have missed a couple of diagnoses of malignant mesothelioma? That was my first question. And then in terms of empyema, why is it so expensive um, for us to manage someone with empyema? Maybe you could comment on that for us and whether or not uh, there's a way of uh, mitigating that. Uh, so your two responses to those questions. Yeah. Thanks, Dominic. Um, so your first question was, uh, did you miss uh, a malignant mesothelioma? And I would take the liberty of extending the question uh, to uh, every disease uh, that we studied. Did you miss any plural diagnosis? And the answer is absolutely yes. And that is, uh, unfortunately, the limitation of administrative big data. Um, but uh, we have taken, uh, we have done some rigorous homework. We have followed the uh, nationwide inpatient samples, uh, validated checklist. Um, you know, we've used uh, the primary diagnosis, uh, the principal diagnosis, the most, uh, uh, obviously, the most important reason why the patient is in the hospital. Uh, wherever we use the secondary diagnosis, we made sure um, that uh, that diagnosis was uh, a coexisting with a plural procedural code, such as a thoracentesis or a plural biopsy or a pleuroscopy or a thoracoscopy. Um, so, uh, so we did do some basic uh, homework uh, to make sure that uh, we, uh, uh, you know, we caught all the uh, diseases that we. It's always a traditional battle between sensitivity and specificity in uh, querying uh, 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 big databases, and I think um, that's um, probably an inherent limitation of these studies. But short of a uh, large-scale uh, epidemiological study, this is the best we could lay our hands on, um, and so absolutely we could have missed. Uh, um, uh, some of the cases. Um, second is uh, why is the uh, why is the empyema care so uh, inefficient? Uh, and uh, I think that goes back again to the hypothesis, or at least one of the hypotheses that we have is um, um, uh, is that the current care is probably. Uh, uncoordinated, uh, uh, and we do have some excellent data from the UK, uh, you know, suggesting that uh, every day delay in, uh, in source control, uh, that is the video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery for plural sepsis, is attributes or translates itself to an increased uh, risk, increase in relative risk for mortality. And I think with 14 days uh, patient spending time, um, one could uh, estimate, uh, one could uh, hypothesize that uh, um, you know, there are delays in uh, recognizing this disease. And then probably are delays in uh, uh, getting source control, uh, whether through surgical or medical means, whether it's a chest tube insertion or whether it's the video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery. And unfortunately, not all uh, centers have access to high-quality um, uh, uh, thoracic surgery service lines. And I think there is probably an ordinate delay uh, in, in achieving source control. And uh, to your point, um, that's uh, one of the big uh, uh, take-home messages that we as the authorship team uh, have actually taken back to our uh, um, uh, to our uh, uh, organizations and um, uh, how to improve uh, this uh, what I call a wicked uh, problem uh, the care of empyema patients and to build on that um, so there's obviously the need to for clinicians to work closer with each other to address empahemas but there's also a need for clinicians whether they're ED physicians interventional radiologists cardiothoracic surgeons pulmonologists to address this burden of plural disease um, what would you recommend uh, based on your findings uh, that uh, future collaborations should do uh, to make sure we're addressing this burden of disease appropriately 
Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, a very forward-looking uh, question, Dominic. And I think uh, it's easier, uh, obviously, said than done. And uh, I think uh, one of the suggestions that we make in our uh, discussion section is uh, there is clearly a need for coordinated teams uh, who are interested in, uh, you know, the traditional, effective, efficient, and patient-centered care. And one that should ideally cut across uh, traditional boundaries of uh, uh, emergency department, uh, inpatient and outpatient clinics, a point that you make. Um, you know, something that has been called a plural pathway uh, in the past uh, by one of us in one of our previous works. But uh, I think um, uh, that uh, clearly there is a need to to, uh, to study uh, the real real life effectiveness of plural pathways, whether they add any value uh, to uh, to to reducing the cost of care, specifically uh, you know length of stay and trying to avoid uh, um, uh, plural conditions that could reliably be managed on an outpatient setting. And here, some of the great work that has come out from uh, in, uh, the UK in terms of managing primary spontaneous pneumothorax on an outpatient basis. You know, the Australian groups uh, have shown uh, that not all PSPs need to be managed uh, um, uh, uh, with admissions or interventions. And some of the South African literature about uh, using outpatient pluroscopy for diagnosing, uh, you know, exudative effusions. And again, these are all pointers towards uh, a couple of things. Number one is coordination of care while the patient is in the hospital. Um, and two, coordination of uh, 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 patient care outside the hospital, cutting across traditional boundaries. Definitely. And what other implications did you have from your study, Sri? Um I think I think uh, I think the implications that we uh, you know we can re- conclude are uh, number one the plural disease landscape is clearly dynamic and there are some clear trends um, both beneficial and adverse uh, trends for some diseases and uh, uh, clearly you know uh, our work in uh, patient safety uh, is probably uh, yielding fruits I mean the atrogenic pneumothorax incidence is clearly falling down. Uh, you know, most of the malignant pleural effusion cases, uh, at least in our database, uh, we can we could conclude uh, that some of them are being transformed into outpatient care. But we obviously, as we discussed, you know, there is a clear cut uh, need to improve upon other uh, uh, pathways. Um, and, and, and some of the questions that we raised are clearly about the uh, changing epidemiological patterns. So um, I think obviously, as with any other study, uh, these raise more questions than w- w- uh, what they, um, you know, answer. And uh, uh, obviously, with all its limitations, um, there is some very good uh, um, priorities that we probably think have uh, identified. Agreed. For quality improvement. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And then, Sri, as, as you alluded to in earlier, um, with these big data sets, uh, there's always the potential for error or um, over-interpretation or, or lack of generalizability. Um, how would you caution the audience in interpreting your findings, and what studies are needed in the future to address these limitations? Um, no, that's uh, uh, obviously you know our limitations, as you pointed out, Dominic. Like you know, traditional big data, you know, there is going to be some noise and there is going to be some veracity issues. Um, but I think, uh, in addition to the classic limitations of big data, we do have some other uh, uh, limitations which could again serve as a foundation for future uh, workers in this field. Uh, we could not find any meaningful uh, elective outpatient care data. Uh, for example, in the pulmonary clinic, in the interventional radiology procedures or the ambulatory surgical suites uh, that uh, we, we know are traditional uh, uh, platforms for delivery of care. 
Um, and uh, uh, we also could not find any cost data for the emergency department. So all of our cost data is from admissions and readmissions, respectively. And obviously, we did not include pediatric and traumatic uh, plural disease care. Um, so these are clearly other additional limitations. Um, but uh, in terms of... Um, um, in terms of uh, 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 validating these findings, in a way, uh, these nationally representative databases uh, are, are clearly weighted uh, to uh, to comment on the U.S. population. Their inherent design uh, using the stratified uh, survey sampling uh, does uh, tend us uh, um, give us the statistical power to comment on the uh, national trends. Um, but uh, one note of caution that I would always uh, um, uh, have for uh, using these databases is make sure that we uh, adhere to the uh, uh, nationwide inpatient sample checklists um, that are now clearly described. Uh, the disease definitions need to be validated uh, and where possible reused. And some of this is what we have shared in our supplemental materials. Uh, we have clearly uh, shared our definitions for every plural disease using a combination of principal and secondary diagnosis. We hope that uh, uh, future uh, uh, workers in this field uh, uh, can can efficiently reuse uh, these definitions. Um, but uh, short of a, uh, a large epidemiological study, this is the best uh, uh, data set we could uh, reliably lay hands on. And uh, the good news is, uh, Dominic, is that some of this data is clearly agreed with some of the data that's coming out from the uh, French and the uh, English uh, uh, folks, um, uh, especially for the PSP uh, gender distribution data, the EMPA-YIMA, that has been a consistent signal across the world, uh, ranging from pediatric to, uh, to adults uh, across New Zealand, Denmark, Republic of South Africa, US, England, France. MPIMA rates are clearly increasing. So we do feel that uh, there is clearly some uh, validity to the signal. Agree. Well, Sri, you've done a really great job in uh, tackling this problem of plural disease in the United States. We obviously didn't have any updated data for the last three to four decades, and you took on the map and task of actually characterizing it so that uh, clinicians can know what they should be dealing with and uh, know their limitations and what we need to do in the future. Um, Sri, I want to give you the, an opportunity to just uh, share any concluding remarks with our audience um, and any thoughts that uh, came to you as you were preparing for uh, this podcast um, that you thought our audience uh, should be aware of. Um, Sri? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thanks, Dominic. I, I, think, I think the one take-home message that we, uh, uh, as the authorship team, uh, took ourselves and we think that probably valid to the uh, uh, audience as well is plural disease is uh, incredibly common and incredibly costly. And uh, um, and uh, I, and I think um, uh, th th I think for me that's the uh, aha moment and uh, uh, and I think the current models of care clearly um, uh, can improve upon um, and, and I think uh, we encourage uh, uh, folks uh, to sort of uh, um, approach this problem uh, at their local institutions uh, uh, using uh, coordinated uh, multidisciplinary teams that could uh, reliably cut across uh, uh, multiple uh, traditional boundaries. Um, so uh, I think that's that's what we think is, is a very good take-home message or two from this study. Yeah, I think you and your team have done a phenomenal job, and we applaud you for uh, tackling this problem. A very big yeah. thank you to uh, Dr. Mamadi for a great conversation, and a big thank you to our chess community for joining us. I'm Dominic Pepper, and this is a chess podcast.